This is the Double Dribble Podcast, your source for everything Alabama basketball. Now here's your hosts, Jordan Harper and Matthew Landry. Welcome into the Double Dribble Podcast. My name's Jordan Harper, and joining with me as always is Matthew Landry. And yes, indeed, Alabama did land him, the big Yale grad transfer, Jordan Bruner, originally from South Carolina, has committed to transfer to the University of Alabama to play his redshirt senior year. And joined with us today as special guest is Tyler DeLuca, and he is a broadcast journalism major at Oklahoma and sports anchor on the OU Nightly. And he has been kind of the folk hero that everybody's been following for the Alabama fan base and really Maryland and Baylor as well, trying to find out when Jordan Bruner was going to make his announcement and which school he was ultimately going to choose. So, Tyler, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Uh, we're doing good, man, especially after good. the good news yeah. you brought yesterday. Yeah, I bet. So, I bet. So, uh, yeah, so just kind of tell us a little bit more, more about yourself and, like, what you do for Oklahoma and all the good stuff you do for uh, their sports program over there. Yeah, so um, I am a 17-year-old, uh, I guess sophomore now, um, with credits from this past semester. Um, I am a sports broadcast uh, major, like you said. Um, so basically, uh, OU is one of the top tier broadcast journalism programs, and uh, we have different shows. You have Student Sports Pad that goes, you know, national television. Uh, OU Nightly has sports on it. Um, different things like that. Uh, like I'm just, I'm just a freshman. Uh, it's my first year of college, so I'm just kind of, you know, trying to get my my foot in the game uh, on all sense. So not even, you know, just on the national scale, but even just at OU, you know, just trying to make a name for myself and, you know, really start to, to build a platform as, as fast and as, as large as I can to really get started. Yeah, so it seems like you kind of made a splash in starting to do that and getting the opportunity to announce Jordan Bruner's commitment and the cut list and all those kind of things. Kind of tell us about how you were able to get that gig to be able to announce all these things for him. Um, so Jordan is actually my godbrother. Um, he, is, he was born in Oklahoma City. Uh, I've lived in Norman my whole life. He, he moved to Norman. Um, so me, uh, him, and Tommy, his younger brother, Tommy's my age, um, we all were really, really close um, before he moved to South Carolina and uh, stayed in touch, everything. You know, I went to – I've been to several of his games when he was at Yale, went to the Carolina game last year, stuff like that. Um, so me, me and – like our families are like super, super close. Um, and uh, like I said, we talked all the time. And he was FaceTiming me, you know, because he was going – the plan was to, to go to the draft and do workouts and everything. So he FaceTimed me, and he was like, I just put my name in the transfer portal. And I was like, wait, what? You know, like kind of surprised out of nowhere. Um, and then he started telling me about the schools, you know, and everything that, that I contacted him. He had some huge schools contact him. And I was just like kind of overwhelmed. And then, you know, half jokingly, I was like, hey, man, you should let me break that. Uh, break the news like you know like I wasn't gonna make him have me break it because you know he had like all like these huge reporters like getting in touch with him and everything um but he was like yo I was just thinking the same thing and I was like oh 
what really <laughs> like and you know it just kind of kind of went from there you know you know it's just i got really lucky you know to that jordan's such a a ride or die guy that's just that's just who he is you know if he if he rocks with you he he, he rocks with you and uh mm-hmm. it just it worked out great yeah, he seems like a very genuine guy, down-to-earth guy, really hard worker both on the court and off the court. He was a saw he was an all-academic Ivy League, um, mm-hmm. very smart kid, obviously, to go to Yale, but to be one of the smarter kids in the in the Ivy League in terms of basketball is really a great honor to have. And, yeah, I, I was following, and Matt, Matt and I were talking when uh, we were discussing as him a, being a possible grad transfer option, and he – you know, put his name into the draft. And I was kind of intrigued by him because he, he's a very unique player, you know, 6'9", mm-hmm. 210, can shoot the three, good rim protector as well. So it was, it was very interesting. I was I was intrigued to see how everything was going to go, not being able to go through workouts and kind of the unknown there. So mm-hmm. once I saw him start narrowing down schools and everything, it kind of became clear to me that he was, you know, kind of scared, not scared away necessarily, but – not being able to go through those processes is a big, you know, yeah. black yeah. hole that he probably didn't want to go down and um, took the safe route to go to another college. Mm-hmm. And to my understanding, Tommy, uh, his younger brother, goes to SC Upstate, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We learned across, like, through the process that he is actually really good friends with Juwan Gary um, that's currently on the team. Mm-hmm. So he, it was kind of a neat connection there, learning that. Um, yeah. But – what is um you know Jordan originally you know from was born in Oklahoma City and uh, moved to South Carolina so is his family still live in South Carolina or where are they living now? Uh, his his mom is still in South Carolina. Um, Jordan keeps like a super super tight circle though. So mm-hmm. like his like his mom like his his siblings and everything are super tight with. And then a lot of the because they they moved to South Carolina because his sister played D one basketball at South Carolina. Um, so they moved there when, when she graduated high school and went there. And uh, so, yeah, most most of their family is is still here. Um, but his his mom and he has so many people that uh, like like different like family friends that like he just considered like he like he just calls his brothers, stuff like that, that are in South Carolina as well. So his his immediate like blood family um, is he, still here, but he still has plenty of people in South Carolina that he considers family. I got you. Yeah. So to kind of just go break down the, if he talked to you about the schools he was considering, cause yeah, early on in the process, there was reports that Duke reached out to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some big schools that were kind of, you know, kicking the tires on him, but it ultimately came down to Alabama, Maryland and Baylor. So just mm-hmm. kind of go over those three schools and like what Jordan was thinking based off each three and why he ultimately chose Alabama. Yeah. Oh, um, well, yeah. So to start like, like the blue, the big blue bloods, like, Obviously, those are huge, like name value schools and everything. But Jordan is looking to go pro. Like that is that was very clear by his, you know, going look, looking at the draft, everything like that. Um, and realistically, going to those blue bloods as cool as it would be to have that name across your jersey, um, you're not guaranteed a spot with their recruiting classes coming in and stuff like that. Um, so that those all of those were cool. You know, it really wasn't ever an option for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once he got down to the top three, to be completely honest, if I had to like speculate or whatever, the day that he broke the the news broke about his top three, I would have assumed he was going to Baylor. Um, we we had talked about Baylor, um, but 
I, I really think that, like, one of the biggest things about Alabama is Coach Oates and, like, the conversation that they had. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's not like I was listening on the conversations or anything, but the way he described Coach Oates is, um, you know, if, if you've ever talked to Jordan, he's very straightforward. He's very, you know, kind of blunt with people, and that's just, that's just who he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that he got those same type of vibes from Coach Oates. And I, I really, I, and he, he really expressed how much he enjoyed talking to him. And the fact that he believed and, and, and bought into what Coach Oates was saying, um, for someone like, I mean, Jordan just, you know, I mean, he's, he's very straightforward. So if, if he is saying that what this guy is saying seems legit and he, he enjoys talking to this person and, and seems like someone he wants to be around, then that's him telling the God's honest truth. So I really think those conversations after um, the release of the three teams uh, were probably what sealed the deal for Alabama, for sure. Yeah, so did Jordan tell you anything kind of about how the virtual visits went? Because that's something I know I'm very curious to know kind of how that worked and what he thought about that. Uh, Yeah, actually, I did ask him about it, and he kind of just said it was kind of just basic, you know, almost like FaceTime S stuff about just like, oh, here's our facility, stuff like that. Obviously, this is a really weird time in the world as a whole, you know, and, you know, not like he just transferred to a school that he's never even been to, which is unheard of, you know. And um, yeah, I think he just said it was kind of basic stuff like that literally you could probably find online. It wasn't anything too uh, crazy, which I mean, understandably so for the, the schools. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't know how to prepare for something like that, you know. So right. with, with everything going on, I think it was kind of just basic stuff about just kind of showing around the facilities and, and you know, kind of the amenities at, at each school. Okay. And, yeah, with, with Jordan committing to Alabama, can you just kind of break down what Alabama's going to get in Jordan, the person, off the court, and also what Jordan's going to bring on the court as a leader, as a player, and kind of all of those things tied together? Yeah. Um, well, off the court, you're, honestly, he, he doesn't go out. Like, you're not going to have any problems with him off the court. I'm going to tell you that for sure. You know, he, he's, very, he's very aware of his position and what he has ahead of him possibly about going pro. And I, he's not going to do anything um, to mess that up or, or anything like that. Like, you're, you're getting a leader on and off the court. And, I mean, like he said, uh, made the all-academic team in the Ivy League. So – I mean, literally, there's there's no worries about him off the court. That's that's for certain. And I think, um, and he's not afraid to vocalize it, um, at being a leader. So I think he will lead by example both on and off the court. But on the court, um, and obviously, I know I might be a, a, this is tad biased, but I really think you're getting one of the most versatile players in college basketball. I, I truly believe if you shrunk him down to like six three, he'd be one of the better guards in the game. But he's six nine and can rebound and defend on top of that. He can spread the floor. And um, I know he talked to me about how um, – because the one thing at Yale that always frustrated me when I was watching is they would get they would stick him down in the post sometimes and just kind of, like, forget about him. And uh, they would get stuck in half-court offenses a lot when they could have been running. When Jordan is in the open court and has a full head of steam, with his passing vision and, and playmaking skills on top of his just size and ability to finish, he's, he's such a Swiss Army knife in the open court. It's insane. Um, but he didn't really get to showcase that at, at Yale a ton because of, you know, kind of falling back on the half-court offense options. So I think um, – and he kind of talked to me about it too. 
how, like, if he's getting the rebounds, like, he doesn't have to look for a guard or anything. He's already talked about it with Coach Oates. He's not going to look for a guard. Or he's going to just – he's going to take that ball and run. Like, he's he's been given permission. Almost like how you see uh, sometimes Draymond Green with the Warriors will just take the ball up as soon as he gets the rebound. Won't even look, you know, for a point guard or anything like that. It's going to be – it sounds like it's going to be similar to that. If if he gets the rebound, it's, it's, it's time to go. Like, we're trying to get a fast break. And uh, I think that's going to fit Jordan so well. And uh, another thing is um, you're able to put Jordan next to another big, which is huge. Um, like when they played North Carolina last year, it was him and uh, yeah, his other big Paul Atkinson um, against Garrison Brooks and, and Armando uh, Baycott. And having to stretch Brooks and Baycott out on the perimeter because of Jordan's ability to shoot, while Jordan is still be able to go back on defense. And even though he seems skinny, Jordan is a brick wall on defense. Um, you, you won't have to worry about any base really getting past him. And uh, so that ability to, to almost be a mismatch on both ends is, is huge for, for really any team. And, you know, Alabama got, got really lucky with him. So. Yeah, Matt and I are big film junkies, and we've watched, watched a ton of film. And I posted a short um, film clip of him yesterday when I posted on Twitter about his um, announcement that you made. And he's a, he is a sight for sore eyes for Alabama fans. Because Alabama, the last time they probably had a big that was as versatile as Jordan Bruner was when they had Jamichael Green. And mm-hmm. we they've never had a big that could step out and shoot the three, much much less a mid-range jump shot. So yeah, he, yeah. his versatility, ball handling, um, I, you're right. I watched a lot of Yale film, and they did kind of just forget about him a lot. And that's kind of why his stats are, you know, yeah, 11 and 9. I, I think agree. he's more around a 15 and 10 guy. Um, I absolutely agree. And yeah, his rim rim protecting is going to be very good for Alabama because that's one weakness that we've gone over and over about Alabama is they lacked a big that was a good rim protector. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, just watching him take the ball up the floor, um, do a pull up three, step back, take it take it to the hole, and make a good pass in transition. It's it's really fun to watch, and then Nate Oates' offense, he's going to fit It's going to fit like a glove, and mm-hmm. I can see why he picked Alabama, even though the other two schools are a lot more known nationally from last mm-hmm. year being top ten schools. So, um, yeah, Alabama He's definitely fans, heard all about that. He's definitely heard all about, you know, oh, Bama, you know, is the worst school, blah, 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 which you saw in his quote, you know. Yeah. But Jordan is – he said – I think he said wired to prove people wrong. I mean, that mm-hmm. is – if there was a sentence to describe Jordan, that is that is the one. You know, with coming back from injuries, different things like that. I I really think it was like it ended up being the perfect fit for for both Alabama and for Jordan with both the situations yeah. going on. And I was actually doing a little little back um back research on him, and I saw that he played a lot of point guard in high school, and then mm-hmm. he had he had a big injury that um, really set him back, and mm-hmm. he had a season injury ending injury and at Yale where he missed, I believe his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And I, I can see that's where he had got those point guard skills from playing in high school. Yeah. Cause I mean, he, he handles the ball very well. So he, he's going to be in just an added playmaker and a team that has a ton of them right now. And he's yeah. going to be a guy that's going to get a ton of minutes playing the position he does. And I know we're really looking forward to watching them and um, watching them grow throughout the season. Um, but Tyler, we really appreciate you having, having y'all man and, um, best of luck to you at OU. Um, 
and your college journey. I know it's just getting started and it's a fun mm-hmm. ride. And this is a great start for you to get all, um, get the notoriety that you deserve. Thank you, man. Hopefully I'll be able to come to, uh, come to Tuscaloosa for a game or two this season. Hey, you do, man. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. All right. You're welcome, man. Have a good one. You too. Always great to have Tyler on, um, the podcast and, Got to dig a little deeper on the Jordan Bruner and the backstory of him and why he chose Alabama and how Tyler was involved into in his recruitment. And it's good to dive deep into the, the reason why he chose Alabama and um, kind of the process it took for him. But Jordan wasn't the only commitment that Alabama got this past, this past week. Darius Miles, the 6'7", small forward from IMG Academy, um, number 113th ranked player according to Rivals.com. Uh, committed to Alabama on Tuesday, and that's another big get for Nate Oates because there weren't a lot of undergrad prospects out there that Alabama could get, and Alabama landed a really talented, high upside prospect in Darius Miles. And Matt, I know you like Miles a lot, so just kind of speak a little bit about his game and uh, what he's all about. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Darius Miles, especially whenever we talk about his potential. Darius is a great scorer from three levels. He's got a smooth left-handed jump shot, which is always nice to see. Um, He's someone who can pull up from deep off the dribble, too. He's someone who can pull up mid-range. He can spot it up. He can attack the rim. He's he's a decent athlete. He's not going to blow you away with his athleticism, but he's a smooth athlete. He's really crafty whenever he needs to get to the rim. Um, He's someone who can can hit you from all three spots on the floor, from deep, from mid-range, from the rim. He can do it all. Um, he's got to work on his body and get in a little bit better of shape. He needs to get stronger. Um, but the big thing with him is, is he's going to be as good as he wants to be. He's got a ton of natural talent. He's just got to work. If he's someone who's going to live in the gym, he's going to live in the weight room, and he's going to dedicate himself to being great, then Alabama potentially found a diamond in the rough as someone who kind of went unnoticed for a long time and who Brian Hodgson didn't even know he was coming to watch until he stuck around for a game a little bit longer. And I think it's someone that, a lot of teams could regret passing up on him if he dedicates himself to getting better each and every day. Yeah, that was an interesting story that I heard IMG's Academy's um, coach say on ESPN Radio um, this past week, saying that Ron Hodgson was actually there recruiting 2021 um, elite basketball player Musa Diabite, and Darius Miles was playing, and he really caught his eye, and he watched a couple more times and ultimately ended up offering him late in the process. Um, Alabama was Darius's biggest um, offer yet, and he got offered by a lot of Northeast basketball schools such as Rhode Island, Georgetown, and Rutgers, which are all good prominent programs. But ultimately chose Alabama, and you know, being being down in Florida at the IMG Academy, I'm sure um, he's come in contact with Alabama before, so he he should be a very good fit. He he might not play a whole lot this this upcoming year. Um, it all depends on how he does in the off season. Like uh, Matt said, gaining some weight and getting stronger to be able to take SEC play and D1 basketball. So it's kind of pivoting off recruiting and going towards you know the roster now. So you we you've had Beetle Bolden graduate, Raymond Hawkins transfer. Tyra Lewis, John Petty, and Herb Jones all leave for the draft. And then you have Keon Ambrose, Joshua Primo, Keon Ellis, Darius Miles, and now Jordan Bruner. Cop on um, to Alabama. 
So that's that leaves the scholarship limit at, you know, there's there's no scholarships available. Now it's assumed that Herb Jones is going to come back um, for his senior year at Alabama, and that would mean that one person would have to leave the program. And obviously we're not going to talk about who we think is going to end up being there, uh, being that guy that would end up transferring. But I would assume it's probably going to be a wing player because, Matt, I mean, this team is loaded with wings. And um, there's just not – not much room unless, I mean, it's going to be a tough decision for Nate Oates if um, Herb Jones ends up deciding to come back. Or even John Petty, which the door hasn't closed there either. But we presume that he will stay in the NBA draft, right? Yeah, from my understanding, Herb should be back, uh, barring a surprise and barring a surprise. I expect JP to stay in the draft, whether it means that he's going to get drafted, play the G League, play overseas, whatever it may be. I do expect John to stay in. Uh, if he decides to come back, then awesome. That'll be incredible, and it makes it an even harder decision for another player to leave at that point. You know, so let's let's pivot back to Jordan Bruner right quick. Um, Jordan's obviously going to play the five position, and he could transition to four if you wanted to play a two bigs if you're going up against a bigger lineup, and he still offers that versatility of being a stretch four. So... Jordan Bruner is probably the large, the biggest missing piece um, for the Alabama roster, and it's probably the biggest get outside of maybe Josh Primo that Nate Oates and Brian Hodgson have, has got. So, how do you see the the rotation kind of you know shaping up? I, I posted on Twitter yesterday of of my thoughts, and I mean, I left Reese and Forbes and another guy off because I lost, you know, I ran out of characters to use. So, um, kind of. Where do you see the rotation going, um, players that could play multiple positions and whatnot? Yeah, so as far as the rotation goes, you know, it's kind of hard to tell, especially with not knowing when summer workouts really start, not knowing when guys are going to get on campus and things like that. Um, so it's hard to guess the actual rotation of here's the set number of guys who are going to play because they haven't gotten the chance to gel yet. You know, mm-hmm. I'd love to say that Keon Ellis is going to be a top contributor off the bench. He's going to be the sixth or seventh man. But until he gets in the gym and he gets to mesh with these SEC players, it's hard to know exactly what he's going to do. And with pending decisions of who's going to transfer, who's going to pull their name out of the draft, if there's potentially one or two more additions to the team as the rest of the April goes on, it's kind of hard to tell. But as far as what I think is going to happen as of right now, my, I guess, starting five for April 11th, would be uh, Javon Quinterly, Shaq, Primo, Herbert Jones, and Jordan Bruner would be my mock five. And I think that we're going to see, like you said, Jordan's versatile and he can play the four and the five. If we decided to go with, which I don't think this will happen, I think it could happen in certain lineups. What if we decided to roll out like an Alex Reese or a Rojas with them, uh, play him at the four on defense, but the three on offense and let Herb kind of play that point four spot. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of different ways we can use Jordan, especially in NATO's offense to where it's spread out. He's going to be, have the opportunity to play on the wing. He's going to have the opportunity to attack post up. It's all going to depend on matchups with him. Um, and we've got good personnel around him. He's said in interviews, we've seen it in film. He's a great passer for a big guy. Um, we imagine him throwing these skip passes that he threw to the yell guys to guys like Jaden Shackelford, Javon Quinterly, Joshua Primo, Keon Ellis, guys like that who are shooting the three ball at a high level. Just imagine what he's going to have the opportunity to do. 
And with Josh Primo being a combo guard, he's someone who's going to play one through three. Same with Keon Ellis, I'd imagine. You know, there's a lot of versatility on this Alabama roster. I think it's exactly what Nate Oates is looking for. He keeps saying he wants bigger guards. He wants post guys who can dribble, shoot, and pass. And he he found that in Jordan Bruner. Yeah, it's kind of scary to think that you could play a whole lineup of guys that's no no shorter than 6'6", um, starting from the point guard all the way to the center. And um, if you ran Primo at the point guard. And Primo's a, uh, someone that could obviously play backup point. Herb's played point forward um, several times over his career. But, the you know, the role of backup point guard is something that they they don't really have. Uh, Beetle Bolden was that last year, but um, he has graduated and they don't have, have that guy now. Um, so someone that could possibly fill that role um, coming in if the – one-time transfer rule um, gets approved is a guy that they're pursuing from Ohio State, Luther Muhammad. He's a 6'4", 185-pound point guard, originally from Jersey City, New Jersey, um, really good friends with Javon Quinterly. So there's the connection for Alabama there, and they're in his final eight. And Luther is one of the better defenders in the country, and he's not known for his scoring, but he's one of those dog-type players that, is pretty much like a, a Herbert Jones and somebody that you can just say go go sick him on him and he's a guy that can you know lock down a guy if you need if need be. So Matt, I know you've seen a lot of um, Luther Muhammad and it's kind of got joked around that he was part of that Colin Sexton um, <laughs> meme of him staring him down at the free throw line. But uh, kind of speak on what you think about Luther and um, Alabama's chances of landing him. Yeah, like you said, Luther is most well-known for being on the opposing end of the Colin Sexton stare-down in high school. But uh, he, he's a great player. Um, you know, the scoring definitely has to be worked on. I think he only averaged around seven points a game last year at Ohio State. But it's just someone who's been a two-year starter at Ohio State. It surprised a lot of people when he entered the portal. Uh, he said he's looking for freedom in the offense. He wants to be able to do his own thing. He wants to create for himself, create for others, attack the rim more. He wants to be in a spread-open offense which I think he can find at Alabama. We've seen the sets Oates likes to run. We like, we've talked about it on here today and multiple other times about how we like to be able to go four out one end, five out, and let guards attack and kick and things like that. Adding Jordan Bruner only takes that to a new level of how much, if the one-time transfer waiver was approved, what Luther Muhammad would be able to do in this offense. He's someone who would be able to attack the rim and kick. He's someone who... On spot-ups, he's a solid three-point shooter from spot-up. He's got to get a little bit better off the balance and mid-range and attacking, finishing, things like that. But like you said, he's a dog on defense, and that's something that Alabama really needs almost just as much as far as a backup point guard ball handler for the offense needs. We need someone who can go in, lock down opposing teams' guards, and so on. You know, we have Herbert Jones who can defend really one through four, even sometimes the five, and be perfect at it and great at it. Imagine if we were able to throw in Herbert to go guard the other team's best wing and go tell Luther Muhammad to go in and guard the best team's point guard or shooting guard. I mean, that that just creates a ton of mismatches for Alabama. Luther's quick uh, on offense. He's really quick laterally on defense, and which is why he's one of the nation's best defenders. Um, I think he'd be an incredible pickup. I do like Alabama's chances in this one. Like you said, he's former high school teammates and best friends with Javon Quinterly. Um it's really going to come down to what I think is going to be Seton Hall in Alabama with the Seton Hall being the hometown team. 
Um, that's not based on any inside info. That's just based on my kind of hunch on it from reading the whole situation. Uh, but I like Alabama's chances. I think he'd be a nice pickup. Um, and we'll see really how hard Nate Oates and Brian Hodgson push for him. Yeah, and Seton Hall just recently got um, Harvard grad transfer, Bryce Aiken to transfer as well, um, point guard, uh, immediately eligible. So, yeah, keep your eye on Luther Muhammad. Um, there's no timetable of when he might end up selecting his school, but I imagine Alabama will be in um, in it at the end, um, coming down, like I said, possibly at Seton Hall in Alabama. That, that would be uh, my guess as well. So that's all we have today on the Double Dribble Podcast. It's been an excellent episode with Tyler DeLuca coming on and talking about Jordan Bruner and kind of going over the two commit, big commitments that Alabama got this past week and kind of looking forward to the future. Um, so look for another podcast to drop next week. And until next time, this is Double Dribble Podcast. Adios. <laughs>